What's going on, podcast world, podcast family? Spencer Davis here with the Church Voice Podcast. I'm here with my co-host... Tyler Rhodes, what up, y'all? Yeah, Tyler Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not cutting that. Austin, don't cut it. Yep, we're, we're, he's cutting, Tyler he's Rhodes. <laughs> Tyler Rhodes, y'all, what up? Um, yeah, so we're back with another episode, and we actually have a guest with us today. We've got Mr. Roger Walterhouse. Roger. Say what's up, Roger. How you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> don't play it cool, man. Don't play it <laughs> Hey brother. <laughs> so we've got we've got Roger with us today and um we've got another episode for you guys and I'm really really excited about this one cuz it's it, it comes from uh, uh, more of a firsthand connection, a firsthand experience for me and for for you as well, Roger and and Tyler's just here. So no, no I'm just I'm joking. That's yeah. usually the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna get into that in just a minute. But of course, um, we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded right here at Christian Center Church in South Bend, Indiana. Visit us at ChristianCenter.org. Check out the website. You can check out the podcast under the Watch and Listen tab. And uh, yeah, see what we're doing here at the church. Um, and we just, we love, we love what we do. Not just the podcast, but but actually just being here at the church full time. It's uh, it's really a blessing. And of course, our producer, um, who does such a great job, Austin Lance, uh, we really appreciate him as well. So I want to talk about some medicine. So I've got some medicine this week because, because Roger is here. I have to share this story. There's no other place for me to share it. Um, so, so just to give some context to our listeners, right. I went with, cause Roger, Roger works for feed the hungry, right? You work for feed right. the hungry. And so I traveled with feed the hungry to Uganda in it's East Africa, right? Uh, yeah. 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 East Africa. Yeah. yeah. In East Africa. Yeah. So the country of Uganda, we went to, we went all the way across the country, but ended up in Kitgum, Uganda. And um, traveled there with them. We put on a big children's conference. It was an absolutely amazing experience. But while we were there, something absolutely hilarious happened. So we were there for a good week, right? And we this was like the third day, I think. Hottest day. Hot. The, the hottest day we were there. I mean, it was blazing hot. We woke up hot. We went to sleep hot. It was hot. And so... Um, we're getting ready. So everybody gets ready. We're at, we're at the hotel. We, we come down to the lobby and we're sitting in the lobby and everybody's talking and chatting and blah, blah, blah. And we went with, um, another, another person who works at feed the hungry, um, Julie. Julie. Yeah. And so we're sitting down there and we're all chit chatting and Julie's like, she, she kind of takes some oil out of her, out of her little pouch or whatever. And she, she takes the oil and she dabs it, you know, on her on herself, like behind her ears and stuff like that. And she's like, does anybody want some peppermint oil? <laughs> and and like and she's like, it'll cool you off. And, and I'm like, yeah, I want some peppermint oil. If it's going to cool me off, I'm burning up. So so she's like, yeah, anybody want some peppermint oil? I'm like, I do. And then I think I Roger, so. I <laughs> Roger so. raised I'll, I'll his be, hand as well. I'll be the first one so, to admit it. So I don't know what you've experienced, Pastor Tyler, with peppermint oil. So she hands it to me. Everybody starts talking again. Nobody sees what I'm doing. <laughs> no one gives me any advice on how to handle this peppermint oil. So I take this bottle of peppermint oil. And I'm I'm like, bloop, 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 oh, bloop, no. like dabbing it in the palm of my hand. I get a... <laughs> I get... <laughs> I get a puddle 
of this peppermint oil. <laughs> Mind you, it's like 98 degrees. <laughs> I get a puddle of this peppermint oil in the palm of my hand. And like, <laughs> and I just, I put my hands together. <laughs> and like, so I rub it together on my hands. I'm like, oh, this is going to feel so good. And I proceed to rub it oh, on my entire man. face, my forehead, under my eyes, on my oh. neck, everything. And, and like, mind you, the initial sensation Amazing. was wonderful. Amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like I'm in the Arctic. Like, this is so great. <laughs> I hand the bottle. <laughs> I hand the bottle to Roger and Roger proceeds. I put some in my beard. <laughs> Oh, I put man. some in my beard. I didn't. I didn't put a puddle in, but I put enough. <laughs> yeah, to make it feel like my beard became like lava. Yeah, it so, lit you guys up. So yeah. So we're sitting there, and, like, <laughs> and mind you, the initial sensation was great. Like Phenomenal. I'm like, oh, so, Phenomenal. oh, I'm so cooled off. So about like thirty seconds to a minute goes by. And all of a sudden, my skin feels like it's falling off of my face. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like I'm on, like, lit, like, I'm not exaggerating. My skin was on fire. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. Mind you, everybody's yeah. still, everybody's a, still talking. We were in a bit of a meeting discussing the day ahead. Oh, it yeah. Was, there were some logistics things that we needed to be aware of. And, and the challenge that I had is I was the one giving a lot of the instruction, right? So and we didn't know this was happening no you know, with, with the other person, but I was just sitting there thinking, this is horrible. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. My beard was on fire. Yeah. And I had no idea you were experiencing oh, yeah. the same so thing. So I'm sitting there. My, 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 my skin is burning. My eyes are watering. And I'm like looking at everybody like... <laughs> and like, and I look at Roger and he's turning beet red. And he's like, he's like, is anybody else's skin burning? And I'm like, mine's burning. Mine's, I'm on fire. And so like, oh. I had to take water and like wash my face oh, off. Man. It was, it was such an experience that I have not touched peppermint oil That's since That's the real then. deal, man. Dude, it was it was great because I just to see you over there, like mind people are talking to Roger and I see him <laughs> over there suffering. He's yeah. like, is anybody else's skin burning? I'm like, dude, I am on fire right now. Then then we had to then we had to face the uh consternation, I think is the word that I'm looking for, with Julie, who had given us the the oil. Yeah. And she's like, Well, you guys, you only put you only put a dot or two on your mm -hmm. hands. And we're like, that might have been important information to share with those of us that are peppermint right. oil rookies. She, you know, yeah, she handed us this bottle with no instruction, None. zero, I no it on instruction. Her. I literally bathed myself in peppermint oil. Like <laughs> I, I put it everywhere on my face and neck and it was bad. In Julie's defense, if you're so quick to want the peppermint oil. She probably assumes you know what to do with no, it. No, all you said it is going to cool you off. So I'm like, well, I want my whole face cooled off. So I'm going to put it on my whole face. We did like Peter at the foot washing. We did. <laughs> Wash my whole body. Wash my whole body, Lord. We did learn. We did learn. Yes. Baptism yeah. by peppermint oil. And, it was. Uh, yeah. No, that was a baptism by fire. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what that was. Yeah. That's exactly that what that was. That is awesome. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Roger, it's good to have you on, man. Yes. Thank you, man. And yes. um, we know that you've actually listened to the podcast yeah. before. 
Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with the people, we don't know what you're going to say. So I'm a little bit no nervous. Clue. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you don't mind sharing with the people, right. uh, your experience. Well, yeah. Um, I have been blessed by your podcast. Um, I, I actually, I didn't know you guys were doing this. I stumbled upon it. Really? By, yeah. I think it was maybe on your Instagram or Facebook or something. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll take a listen. And I know you guys just being on the office here. We share office space here at Christian Center, Feed the Hungry Desk. And uh, so I know you guys. I was just curious, like, how's this going to turn out? And I just have to be real honest, like the youth pastor and the children's pastor. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I, Expectations I just, were not seriously. High. Yeah, I, we but, understand. No, but seriously, I, yeah. that's you know, I was like, right. oh, you know, it's it's going to be nice, I'm yeah. sure, and I'll just give yeah. it a listen because. These guys are our friends. Yeah, you it, know? it was a it was a pity it, listen. It was a pity <laughs> listen. Sympathy listen. It was yeah. all about charity, man. Hey, we'll take it's pity listens. And right. uh, honestly, that first that first episode that I listened to, I was like, "This is solid content." Wow. And you guys are. Um, and I've listened. I, I had. I can't say that I've listened to everyone. Yeah. Um, I just haven't caught up. Okay. And um, we forgive you if you guys would throw in some true crime in your podcast. It'd be a little more. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. But um, but seriously. It has been a a really uh, good tool for me. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a thirty minute ride into work every day, and so I'll I'll usually pop your yeah. your podcast in, listen to it on the way in, and then listen to it on the way home. Yeah. So it kind of fills the whole, yeah. whole drive. And um, what I like about it, let me just give you guys. You guys are, I'm a little older than both of you, um, but um, what I like is I like that both of you are from a different generation where uh, we, we, an older generation, tend to pigeonhole you into, you're not concerned about these deep things of yeah. God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you guys are tackling deep things of God. And uh, so that's what's really challenging to me. I love it. I love the whole angle. I love that you take a quote just from a person that has made a huge impact on the Christian church. Yeah. And, um, and you're not afraid to tackle some of the tough pieces around that. Yeah. Not afraid to, it's tough to tackle us, some people that you yeah. may not agree with. Right. And, uh, and I know at times even the two of you have admitted, you don't necessarily always agree together on yeah. some of those things. Mm-hmm. Imagine we can have a civil conversation exactly. on things that we don't yeah. agree on um, or even talk about and find the good mm-hmm. in, in somebody that we don't necessarily align everything in our life around. Yep. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Roger, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And I, I'll tell you that that one of the reasons we can do that, and we talked a little bit about this in, in the last episode, was that because we've had so many difficult conversations off the record, yeah. it's easy to have them on it. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the way as, as Christian brothers and sisters we should be. We should be able to have tough conversations and disagree conceptually but still agree spiritually right. and still be one, still be together, still be unified. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I remember a professor in college, we were studying the Christology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And uh, I did not, I've got his book, Christ the Center, you know, in, in my office. I did not like it. I did not like the book. I didn't like a lot of what he was saying, a lot of the thoughts he was positing. And so I wrote a little review of the book for that class and my professor got it and trashed it, just <laughs> trashed it in in grading it. And he said, he was like, if if you dismiss all of a person because you dismiss with one piece of a person, 
you're never going to learn. You're wow. never going to learn and That's you're never going to grow. That's very and he, good. He challenged That's, me with that. Yeah. And I appreciate it because now we can, like you said, look at these things critically and say, oh, well, here's some things we don't agree with. Here's some things we can learn from though that are yeah. important pieces for our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. If we don't, if we don't stretch and grow, quite honestly, comfort never causes us to grow. Mm-mm. Right. It never causes us to grow. Yeah. Comfort causes us to get fat. Comfort mm-hmm. causes us to get uh, satisfied and apathetic. Yeah. Uh, what causes us to grow are things that push us and yep. challenge us yep. and, and stretch us. And that, um, man, that's that's good. And yeah. I think that you guys are doing a great job Thank you. with bringing in some of those. Um, you, you take that quote and you, and you work it and you challenge it and and you think about it and you, you put out your ideas and thoughts. What has it done in your own ideas? What have you wrestled with? And that's. I think that's what really makes this podcast yeah. uh, intriguing to me. Yeah. And honestly, I hope you get a lot of a mileage on, get some leverage on this because yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really good voice. Yeah. Uh, especially in, I uh, sound like the, like the old fogey now, <laughs> <laughs> especially you youngsters that yeah. need this. You, yeah. know, you guys know, but seriously, you have a great a venue to challenge. Like, you're the children's and youth youth pastors here. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You can start challenging kids with, uh, you know, John of the Cross quotes mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Whoa, yeah. that's amazing. Right. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, so that's a real time review. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. I and I just appreciate you. and that's very encouraging for us. And so that really leads us because I mean, our whole point is, is building the body of Christ through a variety of voices and it, and it takes a lot to build. It takes, it takes cutting and, and leveling and, and, you know, doing, it takes a lot and it takes a lot of difficult things to, to really build the body of Christ. And so, um, I just, I appreciate you giving us that review and and letting us know what you think about the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads us really, um, to, I'm going to pass it back to you because you had someone that you wanted to, to talk about and, and not really just you, it's someone that I've, I've been wanting to talk about as well, but I thought it was just perfect to have you on and, and us all just talk about this very phenomenal individual. And again, I mean, it all to the glory of God, but, but this woman did a lot for the kingdom, um, especially in, in the country of Uganda. And so if you want to just kind of introduce who we're going to be talking about and, um, and tell us a little bit about her and, and, and give us as much context to, to the individual as you can. Right. So let me give you a little background. Um, on the way into work one morning, I was listening to your podcast and I had an aha moment and I, you, you probably remember me coming into your office, yep. Tyler, and saying, Hey, I got an idea mm-hmm. and, uh, we need to talk about Irene Gleason. Yep. Um, and, um, and it's interesting because as I listen to you guys, you're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, historical figures of the church mm-hmm. and you're not going to read any historical books and come across the name St. Irene of, of, you know, Gleason or whatever. Yeah. You're not going right. to do that because she is a, is, is a, is a woman that, uh, had, has only passed away in 2013. Um, Irene Gleason was a, uh, was an Australian, uh, woman. She had struggled early in her life to find her foothold with Jesus um, she had, uh, abuse in her background and she, and she admits that. So this is, you know, this is all good stuff, uh, that I'm sharing here. She had abuse. 
challenges in relationships, really just trying to find her toehold, uh, tried all kinds of religions. Um, and, and she never really found her place until she was a little bit older. And, um, she, she really felt like God, uh, as, as she got quite a bit older, she had grandchildren even by this point, uh, she felt God leading her to the nation of Uganda. Mm. And in 1991, Irene and her then husband, uh, packed up a camper, put it in a, in a container, shipped it to Uganda and then reunited with it and began driving into Northern Uganda. Man. Now, 1991, let's just, let's put a little context to this. There was a civil war that was happening. Yeah. And this is when the whole Joseph Coney, the lost children, all of this kinds of things were happening. And she was driving right into the heart of that conflict. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you read her own words in her book or you see interviews of her, she was doing it a little bit kicking and screaming. She was yeah. not thrilled to the fact that God was positioning her in the middle of a war zone. Yeah, because this was, the, I mean, mind you, Kitgum, Uganda is where she landed. And that's that's just a few choice kilometers from South Sudan. Just yeah. So that that's that's the position, and if you and th- and that's the civil war we're talking about. Well into the conflict, being yeah, you know, bullets zipping by, mm-hmm. kind of you know, hearing gunshots and personally experiencing children being taken into uh, either being child uh, uh, <clears throat> soldiers or the girls were being captured to be teenage wives or children's wives for the for the commanders of these of these armies. It was it was a terrible terrible situation mm-hmm. that she found herself in, and um, she found li- quite literally found herself in the middle of the wilderness. And the the it's a long story. We don't have time to go into it all. But um, the the leaders of Kitgum got tired of her petitioning. Where can I where can I do some good? Where can I do some good? Where can I do some good? And finally, they were like, Hey, we've got a section of of land. Outside of town, you can have that. And they didn't say this, but I know they were thinking it. Please leave us alone. We want you just to get away. So we'll put you out there. And I think they really thought that that was going to be the end of it. Right. They they put her out there. The wild animals or or rebels are going to get her. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And she parked that, that camper underneath a tamarack tree. And the next day went out gathered some children together and began doing teaching. She didn't know the Acholi language, had no idea, but began to do some some simple teaching with them by just writing in the dirt. And, and that's the humble beginning mm-hmm. of uh, what now is known as the Irene Gleason Foundation. Um, it, and, it, and now, uh, 20, the last time we were there was yeah, together, 2019. 19? Yep, December oh, of 19. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that mint kind of burned into his brain. Yeah. A little bit. yeah it um, scarred me. But in 2019, when we were there, they were uh, feeding uh, five, they're feeding 5,000 children. They've wow. got a maternity clinic going on. Help me out, man. The, I mean, orphanage, the whole, yeah. church. They've got a school. 
technical school. Yes, yeah. they've got an entire campus. I mean, they've got a church on campus. They've got the orphanage. They've got housing. They've got a maternity hospital that I know that they're yeah. working on. Yeah. They've got they've got built. I mean, it's it's just. I mean, God has done amazing work in that community. But even beyond just the the physical spaces in the buildings and the campus, is is really the the entire community in that in that whole area is pretty well evangelized and i do i i contribute a lot of that to irene gleason to to the work that she did and how god moved through her i mean like everybody loves jesus there i mean like it's 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 very it's powerful you know you talk to these kids and they know they know the lord you know you talk to their leaders and they're they're incredibly mature and they're incredibly driven and and there's just such a such a culture there that that just that was the most shocking thing to me being there yes the ministry was great and i think i learned more from the culture that was set up in this 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 family connected atmosphere all under under God, but also under under who God placed there in in who they call Mama Irene. Yeah. And it's like the, the culture there was absolutely incredible. She she faced incredible odds. Yes. She faced her husband leaving her and then ultimately trying to take the organization from her. Wow. Mm. Um, she had staff coups, financial challenges. Uh, the loneliness of being a, an Australian woman in the middle of the Uganda bush. She, um, she struggled to find her, um, her, her, her deep, deep passion to fight against that desire to pack it all up and head home. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result of her resolve, she birthed into that community a change that the results of which will will go on for eternity. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of children whose lives have been changed because one woman was not afraid to stand up and do something that was very, very hard. I was mm-hmm. going to say impossible, but probably impossible. Yeah. But I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To endure what she endured. I remember... Uh, the first time I ever visited the Irene Gleason Foundation, which, by the way, we have a feeding program there. We actually supply the food, Feed the Hungry Does, to the Irene Gleason Foundation. Yeah. We have a great relationship with them. Um, way back in 2006, one of the first feeding programs um, under our Every Child, Every Day program that we do was the Irene Gleason Foundation's uh, feeding program. It's incredible. And uh, so uh, the founders of Feed the Hungry, actually the directors at that point, were able to meet Irene and they they interacted with her all the time. She was a wonderful woman of God. But um, all that to be said, the first time I visited Kitgum, I uh, I went in to do some children's training and I felt like, you know, I, it's like teaching these people about children's ministry. What are you talking about? Like, I mean, that, that's what they do. Yeah. They embraced it in a really big way. And there were just a couple little shifts and angles that they needed a little refocusing on. It was great. But I remember the impact that that impactful moment was when they were driving by the original outside wall of of the Irene Gleason Foundation, and uh, the director John Paul stops the truck and he goes, "Get out! I want to show you something." And we walked over, and and he pointed out these gigantic holes in the wall, but they weren't just bullet holes. These things were huge. Mm, like you, yeah. 
put three or four fingers into these holes. Wow. And and what they were is they were cannon. Like they had shot like a tank or something had shot a, a round, like several rounds into the wall. So she was right in the middle of it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, this wasn't her just in a little caravan or a little camper at this point underneath the tamarack tree in the in the acreage they gave her. Mind you, the camper's the, still there. It is. It which is was still so there. cool. It's which was so cool to see. The, this was well established into things to a oh, point yeah. where they'd put a wall up already wow. and they were still under attack. Constant barrage that uh, she faced. Go home, go home, go home, go home was a constant message that she had to fight. Hmm. And uh, and she did it with strength. She did it with incredible courage. Um, I think a great testimony. Um, and and as we were prepping for this podcast, uh, we we all watched the video, um, which we probably ought to reference here in a little bit. But one we of the can things, put the video in the link. Yeah, that's good. I, I can uh, put that. Uh, Cinderella, the video, yeah, the video Cinderella will be yep. uh, you, you know linked in the bio. We'll put yeah. that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we all picked up on is individuals calling her the mother Teresa of Northern Uganda. Yeah. And uh, I think that just stands as an incredible testimony. Oh, I, I, yeah. And I a hundred percent agree after, after being there, it, it, it is, it is that level of, of, of influence and impact that, that God made through her. And I want to, I want to share a quick story that that's in the video um, that, that will be linked in the description of this podcast. So she's in the middle of revels. Cause I'm going to pastor Tyler, I'm going to have you share the quote, and then and then kind of get into um, a little bit of of where exactly we want to land on this, but but I think this is a good prep for the quote because there's a story in the in the video that's again will be linked in the description. Um, but there's a there's a story of so she's in the middle of rebel territory. She this is bef- kind of before a lot of the buildings and the, 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 the establishment was there of the Irene Gleason foundation. She's there and, and people are hearing about how she's, how she's doing things. She's rescuing, rescuing kids, everything like that. And these rebels come to this little, I mean, it's, it's a little Winnebago. Like it's not, (laughs) I mean like a tiny little camper. No, it's a tiny camper, like really like one bed, maybe a kitchen sink, whatever, like this tiny camper. And so they come and they find the camper and they're, they're banging on, on the camper, breaking the windows, beating it down, trying to get in. They finally get into the camper, right? And they've got guns pointed to her face face, right? Bayonets in her, in her face. And they're pretty much going to kill her. And they've got her, they've got her pinned in the corner and she, and she looks up, right? She looks up and sees the scripture that she wrote on the ceiling of the camper. And, and she says, don't touch me. She says, I belong to God. Don't touch me. And she tells them to get out. And basically when she said, I belong to God, they all just kind of jumped back and, and got out of there. And, and they just, they, they left, which is such a, it's just such a powerful story. Cause that's all she had. She had no one there to defend her. She had no one to do, to do anything. She said, don't touch me. I belong to God. And they, they were shocked and they, and they dipped out. And so I just thought like, and so share, share with us the quote that you have. Cause it's, it's from another individual about Correct. mama Irene. So share with us that. And, and let's just talk about where we want to land with with this one because I think you've hinted at it quite a bit and that yep. story tells yep. a lot and what she what she went through tells us a lot so so share that share that quote about her absolutely so you sent me this quote last night yeah. uh, from Darlene Check 
yeah. uh, who was a worship leader for Hillsong for a long time. Long time. Um, mm. She wrote some of my favorite songs, really. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Didn't she write Shout to the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. Still one of my all-time yeah, favorites. Right. Yeah, right. I grew up on that one. Anyway, um, she said this about Irene Gleason. She said, Irene Gleason was a remarkable servant of Jesus, a brave woman who knew what it meant to take up her cross daily in obedience to her calling. Her courage, compassion, and sacrifice should inspire all of us to be a little less comfortable and a little more devoted to the cause of Christ. Mm. And after, so you sent me that last night, which was after um, you guys sent me the documentary that we're going to put uh, a link to in the bio. And I had a, another quote from the documentary itself. But when you sent me that quote last night, I thought, no, that's perfect. Yeah, That to me describes, mm -hmm. not only describes Irene, but describes exactly where we wanted to go with what we can learn from her example, from her way of life, and from everything that she did. And you hit on it earlier. You talked about how uh, comfort comfort kills us. It, it just, it, it hurts us because yeah. it it diminishes that resolve. And so because she left so many of those comfort, well, all of those comforts and, yeah. and left her family, and she talked about in the documentary, she said, there's this romanticism when it comes to being a hero. And she said, I'm a hero to a lot of people. And I would say deservedly so. Yeah. But she said, there's this romanticism that's there. And she said, people are like, oh, you must love being there. You must love living there. And she's like, actually, no. Yeah. I hate it here. She's like, who would love living here? I mean, and, and put up with what we have to put up with. She said, I'm away from my family. I don't know my grandchildren really well. I haven't spent a lot of time with them. All the all the comforts and all the things. And, you know, she said, I don't have a husband. I don't have any of those things, all those things I've left behind. But she said, I, I have to stay here because that's my calling. And so we know that that her resolve is such a great example of the way of Jesus and the way that he lived, who endured the cross, despising its its shame for what? The joy that was set before yeah. him, yeah. that he endured those things. And so we can learn from Irene's example uh, to be people of endurance, to be people of resolve, and to to go through things and to finish well, even when, even when we don't like it and even when it's difficult. So I wanted to serve that up, whichever one of you guys wants to respond and just talk about what we can learn from Irene's resolve and how we can have uh, that same kind of resolve in our lives. Let me just let me just uh, come back and address that statement where she was talking about you must love being there. I've been there a couple times, and uh, and honestly, it's fun to be around the people and everything. But it is it is a very very uh, uncomfortable place. Uh, you were talking about the heat earlier. Mm -hmm. It's hot. Mm -hmm. It's dusty. Uh, some of the some of the schools that they serve. Uh, it reminds me. Honestly, I've been out to some real remote schools that they work in. Yeah. It reminds me of a, like a Star Wars set, like how dusty and dirty wow. and like deserted desert it is. Yeah, it is. And, and there, there's something to that. You know, when we become believers in Jesus Christ, there is a, there is a sense of, uh, of satisfaction, joy. There's a, you know, our lives have been changed and challenged. But if we're if we're satisfied to just sit in the comfort of our salvation, mm. and there is comfort in that, right, 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 right. But if we're just satisfied to sit in the comfort of our salvation, 
without taking up the cross, without taking up the obligation of, of a servant that salvation brings. We've missed it. Yep. Yeah. And um, Jesus never called us to be comfortable. Mm. You know, he, he challenged us, mm-hmm. take up your cross daily. You know, if we're not willing to give up uh, father and mother and sister and brother, you're not even worthy to be my my disciple. Yeah. And I think that uh, as I as I and what I know of Irene and and what I see of the blessings that she has left, I I don't know if she I, she saw some of it, but what's happening now? What a what an incredible uh, blessing! Re, uh, the the harvest of righteousness. Right that her tenacity to press into those hard, hard times, the blessing that has come, the, the, the harvest that has come. Uh, we could go on and on oh, and yeah. on about what we've yeah. seen in, yeah. in Kitgum. But I, I just think about it, you know, those, those nights where she must have been sitting in her caravan, absolutely tired, absolutely scared to death, hearing the, the bullets of rebels around her, hearing people creeping around her camper. Um, one of the things that she did is, is she took a Sharpie marker and she wrote scripture all over that camper. You can still see it today, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. many, many years later. Yeah. They have the camper out there and she wrote scripture. And so in those dark times, she was, she was not only surrounded by the thoughts of scripture, but the physical reminder that God's word is true. Yeah. And it will sustain her. And um, again, I think we, what a lesson to learn in our culture that we live in today. When everything, we get a little com- uncomfortable, we pull out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we get a little offended and we push back in mm-hmm. anger. Uh, if I don't get my way or I don't, you know, uh, we've gotten into this mentality that, that Christianity is about our comfort, about, and it will be someday. Heaven's going to be a really comfortable place. Right, uh, right. You know? Right. But for now, there's work mm-hmm. and there's sacrifice and there's dedication that's so necessary uh, to, to make that happen. I think Irene stands as an incredible example of what one woman who was able to press through all of that, what she can do yeah, in the yeah. lives of so many. Yeah, and I think I think it's so interesting when you look at her story, when you look at wh- who she was when God called her, because she was she was really going through a crisis of of faith and identity, and and I think divorce and and, and everything. And and like in the documentary, her daughter says like, "Yeah, I knew my my mom was was wild. Like you know, she was she was out partying, kicking it, blah blah blah, whatever." But like when God got a hold of her, she was no longer self serving. And and so and I think that's that's what we've got to really take from from someone who lived their life like this is that she was not self-serving in any way like in any way she gave literally everything to the mission that God had put on her heart and i think it's 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 so unfortunate sometimes cuz i'm i'm guilty of this is that my my service it appears as service but at a certain level it becomes it, it, it's self-serving because either it makes me feel good or I get some sort of, you know, or whatever. But when it's when it's difficult, 
that, it, and we talk about this word a lot of, of really sustainable, you know, sustainable faith in Christianity is that when, when something is self-serving, it's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to persevere. You're not going to be able to push through when it's difficult. You're not going to be able to deal with the offense. And I think that's just, when you were talking, that was just one word that popped out was just self-serving and how we can't be self-serving in our service and in the mission that God has put us to, because that's, that's the only way we can get through these difficult times. Like she did not, she had no concern for herself. She was concerned solely for the souls of Uganda and for that area and for that region. Tyler, let me tell you a story real quick here that kind of illustrates the culture that continues with that. We went uh, Sunday morning to their church service. We went Two services, long day already, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as church was done, like we would go home and have a nice meal, right? Or we'd go to the buffet or whatever, you know? No, they were like, okay, why don't you guys jump into the car? Well, we're going to go do some service. We're like, okay, well, lunch will be, I'm sure lunch is coming soon, right? We went over to a hospital. Remember this? We went over to the hospital. That was pretty rough, dude. That was a tough. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. And what do they want? Well, we're just going to go in there. We're going to start laying hands on people and praying for people. Wow. We're going to just <laughs> expect God's going to yeah. do some miracles, mm-hmm. right? So there's three of us, uh, or four of us Americans yeah. that were just kind of in, okay, we're in for the ride, right? It was tough. It was hard for me. It was mm-hmm. hard for me to walk in there. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they the, do that every Sunday. Every wow. Sunday. Every Sunday. Yeah. The smell, the the just the sights, everything was just absolutely it was, yeah, it was rough. screaming at me, go away, leave mm-hmm. this alone. Just like, I check out. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we we go to the hospital with the hands on people and pray for people. Great. All right, maybe lunch is coming here soon, right? Yeah, mind I, you, this isn't the like hospital. There is not this. No, like, no. Please definitely. have a different picture of what yeah. I mean. Like it, it was it was a long room with with beds, and that that was really it. Yep. You know, heat was incredible. No lights. I mean, these fly, fly strips hanging in the middle of the, yeah. of the, and the people are clinic. literally, I mean, like, and I'm, I'm just going to put it to you. Like people are literally dying in yep. these beds and mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's nothing there's, I mean, they're doing the best they can, but like, there's right. nothing people are, th- these men and women are dying from malaria in these, yep. in these so beds. So this was in the public hospital that yeah. we were that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, all of us are kind of looking at each other like, wow, that was really, wow. That was incredible. Okay, now we're going over to the prison and we're going to go over wow. and minister to the prisoners. Yeah. Prison. Okay. So here- here's I Spencer. forgot here's, about that, Spencer dude. Spencer and I and oh, a guy named LaRue Anderson. And we leave our cell phones. We leave everything at the door, empty our pockets. And we walk into this men's prison, into this room. How many people? 400 people packed into this room? Like it was small. Yeah. So we got to minister there. Then we went to a baptism service and baptized yeah. wow. new believers. Yeah. And then about what, five o'clock or so, we finally had got lunch. To eat. Yeah. Okay. Now, all that to be said, that's there every Sunday. All right. We were struggling just to make it one day. They mm-hmm. do yeah. that every Sunday. Right. And and I know that the reason they do that isn't because there's there's something that has been instilled within the DNA of that leadership that we serve in discomfort, right? We serve in discomfort. That's the Mm -hmm. DNA of that culture. And that DNA has to come from the person who birthed that ministry, Irene Gleason, right? Um, And so even today, 
Um, she died in 2013. So she hasn't been gone that long. And there are many, many people who, you know, they'll tell stories about having time with Mama Irene. Uh, even today, though, uh, the, that culture just continues to just permeate everything that they do. Everything, yeah. You know, so again, here's a person who um, was willing to fight through her natural DNA to create a spiritual DNA that now mm. will forever impact mm. that entire region. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And that's very good. Yeah. And I think to me, you hit on something in Irene's example and in and in the leadership even today, their example, that I think in America, I think that we fail at. I think I fail at so often. And it's this ministering from our pain mm. and through our pain. Mm. Yeah, that's good. To me, I was reading the story yesterday of Thomas and and Jesus. And obviously we know this. And we've known this for a long time. It's it's not a hidden detail of the story. And again, this is post-resurrection. I mm-hmm. guess I should make that clear. When he, he sees the rest of the disciples, Thomas is finally there. Remember, he says, I, I'm not going to believe right. unless I can see the right. scars and put my hands in them. The fact that our God in Jesus Christ, post-resurrection, has his scars, that to me is is so profound because he's not if I was Jesus, I would have hidden all the pain. Mm. I would have hidden the pain, I'd have hidden the scars, be like, what up, y'all? I'm king. <laughs> I have the keys, I've overcome darkness, I've humiliated the kingdom of darkness on yeah. the cross. That's what Colossians 2 tells us. Yeah. Made a public display of them. Like right. that's that's what I'm gonna come back showing you. And Jesus comes back showing his scars. Mm-hmm. And we do people a disservice when we only minister from our strengths and don't minister from that weakness and pain. Because to me, one of the things that stood out to me and in, in, in the documentary, and you and I, Spencer, were talking about this, I think that Irene Gleason was a mother to those children that she never had. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of what motivated her and drove her. Because the early part of the documentary, she talks a lot about her mother in, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And the struggles of her mother and how, I, th- I want to say it was 15 years old, she was in a church and she was praying um, and and asking God to uh, to show himself to her, to protect her mother, stuff like that. And then the, the back doors open of the church, they come bringing in a casket. Mm-hmm. And Irene says, if that's my mother in my casket, God, I, I'm, I'm I leaving want, you and I'm not going to believe in you. you. I want nothing to do yeah. with you. Sure enough... That is her mother in the casket. And that was when, like you said, she had a period where she was running from God, had nothing to do with him. And that was the starting point of that. And, and she came home later. But we have to find the strength it takes to be weak and the strength it takes to show those scars and to minister from that pain. Because we know that the people we're serving are in pain. We know that. They tell us. We hear it all the time. And we know we're in pain. But for some reason especially in Pentecostal churches, to be honest with you. And this happens everywhere, right. but it, especially a lot of times in, in Pentecostal churches, we act like it's not there. Right. Or we act like if you have faith, there's no pain. Mm. And that's just simply not true, yeah. that pain is a part of being or human. If, or if you speak about your pain, you don't have the right faith. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's it's these kind of things I think we do people a disservice when we don't lead from that pain mm-hmm. and when we don't talk about God ministering to them in the midst of their pain. And I think that's something you were just bringing it up. That is one of the great examples she has to to show us 
how effective it is. And I think that's part of where that DNA comes from. Yeah. Obviously, I, I don't I, I don't know the whole thing. I don't know that we ever will. But I think that's part of the reason they're so service minded. They have such great perseverance and endurance because they lead from their pain too, from pain to pain. Yeah, and, from and, faith to faith. And because a lot of even the pastor at at the at the community church, I mean, most of these guys and these leaders are refugees. And I asked them, and it shocked me. Like, just shocked me. Because I'm like, oh, okay. Because when you meet Pastor, so Pastor Alfred is the is the is the pastor of the church there at the Irene Gleason Foundation, um, and this church is, you know, this is this is the church that ministers to that whole community in Kitgum. And when I asked him, I said, I said, uh, you know, I was just Kevin having a one on one, and because he's very like, I mean, this this guy is a pastor among pastors. Just, just, a giant. just how, how mm-hmm. professional, I mean, he's not a, he's not a, a man of, of great physical stature, but his, you can, t- his spiritual stature and the way he presents himself is, is, is bar none. I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean that. And, um, and I asked him, I, I'm like, so where did you, uh, where'd you, where'd you get your training? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh, in the refugee camp. <laughs> and wow. I'm like, oh, Moving on, <laughs> you know, like I didn't know, I didn't know what to say to that, mm-hmm. but, but to say, but to speak to that fact of, of the pain, like all of these guys, they grew up in this, in, in the, either in the organization or outside of the organization and it became a part of it, the, but there's so much, there's so much pain in that area. Yeah. And these, and these guys and these leaders who come into this organization and they get, they get reared into this spiritual DNA, they're, they're, they're. They're leading from that pain and they're leading from that place of vulnerability. And it is so effective. It is, it is so effective. And they're really bringing about positive change. And I just mm-hmm. thought that's, that's just so powerful mm-hmm. that they, because as open as she was in that documentary, I'm sure she was just as open with every single person she came in contact with, the people she was leading and talking to. Like she talked very candidly about her story and about her testimony and why she was where she was, what she was doing, this, this, the, the context behind it. And you're exactly right. That is, that's absolutely critical for us, for us to do. And, and again, that brings about that perseverance when we are honest with ourselves, and when we're honest with others and when we just serve anyway, mm-hmm. we serve anyway. As you were talking, Spencer, I was just thinking about, you know, really, um, pain in itself, um, while not a physical uh, destination necessarily, pain is a mission field mm. because so many people are, are are trapped and lost. Salvation uh, is is beyond their comprehension because their pain it keeps them in this place. And when we are willing to 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 go as missionaries with our own pain into pain. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, you're 100 right. What a difference 100%. we can make. Yeah. Yep. When we're when we're not afraid to say, "I'm a little messed up." Mm-hmm. Jesus, help me. I want to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here are my scars. Here are my mm-hmm. scars. Here's what I experienced. Mm-hmm. Being willing to set down my even my own reputation. My what do people think about me? What do people think about my spirituality and my righteousness? I don't really care because I want to show Christ and Christ crucified. Yes. Yeah. Right. I want I want to show the pain yeah. side of that. 
Yeah. Well, and that and that requires a certain going back to that word of of self-serving, that requires a certain level of selflessness. Because yeah. I think when we when we cover up or when we put the mask on, we're just trying to save face. And we're not trying to save face because it's helpful to the to the person who's in pain. Mm-hmm. We're trying to save face because to help ourselves, to make ourselves feel better or to make ourselves um, appear as though we're something that we're not. Yeah. Roger, if we could, because I think we could talk for the oh, whole Oh, we can keep going. Day. We can keep I, going. I, I could go. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I want you to respond to one more thing if you can. Sure. Um, how does a person grow in perseverance? What do you think are some of the things, whether you can draw back to Irene's example or outside of it or to scripture, what are some ways that someone can grow in perseverance? Because that's not an attribute we talk about a lot. And I don't know if it's not like time management. I can't just go fix my schedule and have more endurance. So what is it, what does it look like for someone in your mind to, um, to grow in that perseverance? Right. I think that we have, there's, there's a, there's a place that we have to go in our, in our minds, um, that, that parallels what we read about Jesus's response. You referenced his, the scripture in, in Hebrews 12 earlier, about who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Yeah. So imagine something as brutal as a death on the cross. How great must the joy be mm-hmm. that Jesus was willing to endure the cross to, to receive that joy? And, and so I think that there's a place where we as believers have to focus that, that there is a joy that is waiting for me that i i need to put in the pain i have to put in the 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 dying to self i have to put in the the discomfort that comes in a in a life that pursues this idea of jesus because i know that there's something better for me i i have to believe that it has to become such a a, a catalyst huge peace in our faith mm-hmm. that, uh, again, we maybe haven't experienced that. There are times where I feel a lot of joy, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of times that, that my faith has brought joy to me, but I have to believe that that's only scratching the surface yes. of the joy that, that God has, has reserved for me. If I'm willing to endure the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. It says he becomes exactly. our example. of Yes. This. And if that's, if he's the example, that means that there is actually a, um, it's a reality for us. Right. If there is a joy for us. And so we have to embrace that. And, and again, this isn't a casual Christianity that we're talking about here. This oh, no. isn't a come to Sunday and do our time. Uh, this is a all in, Whatever you call me to do, Jesus, I'm radically right. and willing to do it. Yeah. It hurts terribly. Mm-hmm. It presses my finances, my time. Even if I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it causes... Or if it, I get to a place where I don't want to do it. It can mm-hmm. cause yeah. a little conflict with our loved ones. Why yeah. in the world would you mm-hmm. ever want to do that, mm-hmm. right? So that I think that that's... Um, going back, like that perseverance. Um, perseverance really... I mean, it's a, it's a different place that we have to go. Um, It's, it's really fixing our eyes on Jesus. Like, and then when we get to see people who have done that, like I think of an Irene Gleason, for example, for sure. And I see the, like, I see the joy that was set before her. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. You've seen it, Spencer. Mm -hmm. We've seen that joy. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if she ever saw all of it. She saw mm-hmm. some of it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The, it the, is amazing. And to draw that, to draw what you just said back to Irene herself was she said that in in the midst of the conversation in the documentary, when she talked about how hard it was, how much she doesn't want to be there, it's not glamorous living there. And she talked about her family. And I know we mentioned this, but I, I want to hit it again. She said, I'm I'm away from my family. It's it's very rare that I get to see my grandchildren. But she said, I know that I will get to see them in heaven and I will be with them forever there and will be with thousands of African children. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that 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 impacted me. Yeah, she actually said when her grandchildren see an airplane, they say to their parents, There's grandma. Yeah. 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 They think that she they thought that she lived in an airplane. <laughs> yeah, she was gone that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I I love that idea. And you know, uh having been there, seeing the thousands of children, uh Spencer and I were part of a children's festival there with thousands and thousands of kids. Four thousand. Four thousand yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was crazy. It was yeah, it was incredible. Um, but but to see those men, those kids are gonna be in heaven with mm-hmm. her. What a blessing that will be. That's yep. the joy set before yep. him. Yeah. That was, and, and let me even phrase it that, that was the joy that Jesus saw yep. set before him. Yep. Yeah. So we just get to be a part when we're doing this and we're living at that level that Irene Gleason lived at, when we're pushing into that pain, we are actually helping fulfill the joy that Jesus had set before mm-hmm. him exactly. on the cross. That's so profound. Good. Yep. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to drop the mic right there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I Roger, I appreciate you being here, man. Yep, Thank right you on. so much right for, for coming and hanging out with us Anytime, and, and uh, having this. this great conversation. Yeah. We'll have you back. We'll have okay. you back. Yeah. Great. Yeah, for sure. Good. Um, but listen, if you want to, uh, I just want to make this plug. If you want to check out, um, I, obviously, again, we'll link that YouTube video um, in the description of this podcast. But if you want to check out the Irene Gleason Foundation, it's it's literally Irene Gleason Foundation, all one word, dot com. Um, and you can check that out. You can check out Feed the Hungry. What's your guys' website? Feedthehungry.org. Feedthehungry.org. And um, check them out as well. And uh, yeah, but listen, guys, we just appreciate you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we pray that it was a blessing to you. And um, yeah, we'll uh, don't forget to like us. On, well, I always say like, it's follow. Follow us on Instagram. We're, we're rookies. We're, we're just- I know. We're, Talk we're, about us being young guys. We don't know how to we, use Instagram. We are terrible at Instagram. <laughs> What's Instagram? Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram. Right, still on MySpace. <laughs> MySpace. Didn't you guys get my invitation? He's, got, he's got the SpongeBob background. <laughs> we never accepted his friend request. The SpongeBob theme song is your profile song. Remember the profile songs? Bro, they should bring profile songs back. Anyway. Um, I had a Christian rapper named brother Tom. <laughs> <laughs> moving on we <laughs> but uh follow us on instagram at church voice podcast all one word and uh yeah we will see you guys in the next episode peace out peace out y'all take care